Some people are celebrating. Some people are freaked out in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, I think we'll bring Reggie Cicchini into the into the mix here. He's our Washington correspondent. He joins me on the line right now. Reggie, good to have you on. Good morning. Okay. There's a lot of talk uh, surrounding this guy by the name of Vindman. Uh, who is Vindman and why is everybody talking about this guy? Well, Vindman is a lieutenant colonel uh, in the United States Army. He is also the top Ukraine expert on the White House National Security Council. And those two things play an important role in this conversation because, A, uh, with his high ranking in the military, uh, it kind of flies in the face of GOP loyalists to the president who tried to say that he may not be patriotic and he may be un-American because he happened to have been born in Ukraine. And there are some people saying that he may uh, kind of be a double agent and hold an allegiance to two countries. Uh, number two, he is on the White House National Security Council. The president called him a never-Trumper and said that he had never heard of him before. So this is a man who, you know, not only stands up for American interests and American safety, but also uh, is trying to protect the administration's interests in Ukraine, yet the president and the GOP is going after him. So, sorry, Trump saying, i never heard of the guy before, don't know who he is? Yeah, he called him a never-Trumper and said, why are people who I've never heard of before listening in on the phone call, uh, forgetting the fact that this is the top Ukraine expert in the White House, who, of course, was listening in on a phone call that was with Ukraine's president. So there's no way that uh, that President Trump doesn't know who Vindman is. He's a threat because of what he said to the House impeachment investigators on Tuesday. Can you run through some of that? Absolutely. So, yes, the president would know who he is, but he will say that he doesn't know who he is, just like he says he often doesn't know who the ambassadors are that he has to nominate to those positions. Uh, But what Vindman said to the committees yesterday was important because, A, it corroborated a number of the people's comments and testimonies that have been given over the last couple of weeks. But, B, it provided new information about that, you know, alleged so-called transcript or verbate or whatever the president wanted to say of that phone call, because there were a number of points on that script where there were ellipses, these dot dot dots in between words, the president and the White House have said that those ellipses were simply just conversations being trailed off or pauses. What Vindman told the uh, room yesterday was those ellipses were actually omitted words that the White House took out of the transcript that he had attempted to put back into the transcript and was stopped from doing so. And what they do is paint a further picture of the president attempting to get Ukraine to look at Joe Biden. So did Vindman hear the call? Was he privy to the to knowing everything word for word that was originally on the transcript? How would he know? He was because this is the first time that investigators have actually spoken to somebody who was involved with that phone call. He was sitting with members of the vice president's office and with members of the National Security Council listening word for word to that phone call that the president had with Volodymyr Zelensky on July 25th because he said in the moments after that phone call, he was so alarmed that he immediately went uh, to higher up legal counsel to have a conversation about what he heard in that uh, you know back and forth between Trump and Zelensky. So this is important. Important for investigators because it's not a secondhand information. It's not somebody who spoke to somebody afterwards. This is somebody who heard every single word that President Trump spoke during that conversation. Is Vinman the whistleblower? He has said uh, time and time again yesterday, according to people that were in the room, that he is not the whistleblower, that uh, he, you know, he, he spoke to a number of people uh, that were involved in this uh, kind of process and investigation. But this is where a shouting match uh, is said to have taken part between Republicans and Democrats, because Republicans were asking him questions that were essentially trying to either get him to uh, kind of peel off the layers of who the whistleblower was or asking if he was himself. And Democrats shot that down, saying that's not the point of this 
right now. That whistleblower is protected by a number of guidelines and instructions that, that keep this person secret. But number two, this person is giving us the information that we need. And Republicans simply tried to throw water on that fire by saying this is just another big round of nothingness. And the idea that the White House would try and find out who the whistleblower is, is contrary to the whole whistleblower act that is put in place to keep people safe within the White House. Absolutely. This is there are protections in place to allow these people to come forward when they have a concern about something inside the department that could impact the administration, that could impact national security. And that's why these whistleblower protections are put in place. The president simply wants to go after this person uh, because he believes them to be treasonous, because they're going against what he said. And he, you know, as we've seen for the last three years, if you're not in line with what President Trump is saying, you're either anti-American or you are uh, simply treasonous altogether. Uh, And that's why these protections are here, because this person's life will be put at risk if their identity is revealed, because at the end of the day, this whistleblower is what has sparked this entire impeachment inquiry. Can you imagine uh, if we eventually find out who the whistleblower is, uh, that is going to just be like fireworks uh, for Trump. Uh, Nicole Wallace is a host on MSNBC, and it's it's really interesting because yesterday on her show, she it just it would take no nonsense. I think it's important to say that Wallace was a White House communications director under President George W. Bush. So she is a Republican, um, but she summed up temp- attempts to slur uh, Vindman and his patriotism and uh, national security, uh, which was uh, in- called into question, his, him being a risk to national security. And she had this, this to say. I find that astounding. And you know, some people might call that espionage. Except those people aren't chicken like the three of you, and they know that he passed a background check that the president's daughter and son-in-law didn't. Does that show how divisive things are getting in Washington? It does. Not only does it show now that hosts are no longer uh, afraid of, of kind of speaking their mind, knowing that they're not going to get any kind of citation against them uh, from uh, from regulators because it's cable news. But it goes to show that there is a uh, frustration from within the party that is now fractured uh, because of what they're seeing people do. I mean, look, when Nicole Wallace, just to go back for a minute, when mm-hmm. Nicole Wallace was in office, these people were all seen as, you know, the bad Republicans, as, you know, the 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 anti-Democrat. But all of a sudden, these Republicans don't seem so bad in the eyes of Democrats because of what they're seeing in the party. And I think that we're seeing this big fracture starting to bring its way into light because of what President Trump and what some GOP loyalists have done, especially to somebody like Lieutenant uh, Colonel Alexander Vindman, who is a decorated war hero. This is not somebody who is acting in the better interests of Ukraine just because he speaks Ukrainian, like some GOP uh, uh, members were saying yesterday. This is somebody who is a Purple Heart recipient who was injured in the line of duty while serving in Iraq, trying to prove a point that what he heard the commander-in-chief having a conversation uh, about, you know, holding up national uh, aid for Ukraine went against policy and went against the better practice of the Oval Office. And I think that's where you're starting to see some of this anger from the Republicans simply just make its way into the the light of day. And this decorated uh, official is uh, basically pointing out the president lied. Uh, this is what this is what Democrats are trying to kind of show Republicans by saying, look, you, you have these goalposts and each time new information comes to light that corroborates either things that we have seen or things that other people have said, you're moving that goalpost further down the field and making it more possible for anybody to take you seriously, just like the fact that we're going to an impeachment vote now on Thursday and Republicans are crying foul saying, well, we shouldn't have to do a vote because this was Ill- illegitimate from the beginning. Just two days ago, they were crying for a vote saying, 
saying that that was the way the process had to happen. Now they have the context and the content in front of them, and they have nothing else to do, so they're grasping at a new straw. This is what the fight is going to be going forward, and once this moves into a public realm sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're really going to see those fireworks as the GOP and Democrats go head-to-head with the cameras on with these people sitting before them. So this impeachment vote, do the Dems have the numbers? Do they have enough Republicans on their side? They do. Nancy Pelosi has been in uh, in this position for a long time, but she has been uh, in Congress for a, a very long time, and she knows how to whip a vote. She knows how to count. She wouldn't bring this to uh, to the floor if she didn't think that she had the support behind her. There may be some Democrats within that possible seven, maybe ten, who aren't fully on board yet and may not cast a ballot with her, but she has the numbers to carry this forward. So once it makes its way through the Rules Committee today and goes to the floor tomorrow, this will pass overwhelmingly, and we will have uh, you know a better idea and an official impeachment uh, inquiry opened up, which will lead to public sessions, which is what the GOP has been asking for all along. Well, Reggie, lots going on. How's, what's, what's Trump's Twitter feed look like right now? Well, the president, uh, he, well, I mean, his Twitter feed is uh, is a mix of fact and uh, not fact, uh, as we see time and time again. I'm just looking to see if there's been anything. 22 minutes ago, he was talking about how the country cannot afford Democrats in Congress to take, you know, another bit of vacation and get behind bad legislation. And he's trying to put his ISIS win over the weekend in front of everything right now. So right. Distract, last, distract. Yes. Yeah, so over the last 22 minutes, we have him trying to talk badly about the Democrats and great about Mitch McConnell. We'll see what happens uh, at three o'clock this afternoon when the first vote goes to the floor to actually move this impeachment thing going forward. I saw that he got boo earned at the uh, World <laughs> Series. Is that he, is he still is that clinging to that? Is that did that affect him at all? Really? I, you know what? If you actually look at his face, you can see how happy he is when he's up on the jumbotron, and as you hear the boos, uh, you see that kind of smile go into just a bit more of a stoic face. And there was a question that was asked a couple of months ago by a reporter of why don't we ever see the president inter- interacting with the general public? outside of these uh, rallies that he has in very Trump cities, Mm -hmm. uh, Trump happy cities. And then we see what happens when he's actually in the general public. There is a large number. There are a large number of people who are not in favor of the president. And he actually sees the reaction, uh, the reception that he gets. And you have to remember, he was at a baseball game in his own backyard and still couldn't get uh, a good number of people to cheer for him. And I think that might have been a slight reality check. Appreciate your time as always, Reggie. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Anytime. All right. Well, that's what's going on south of the uh, 49th parallel. It's Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.